Introductions out. Calling in is like my best sister in the whole world. Sorry, Lanny. She was. Oh, that's, that's cold. <laughs> no, I'm just playing. I love my sisters equally. I do. I just had the mess. But this is my oldest sister uh, calling in from Minneapolis, Minnesota. Raphael Hankins. Say hello to the people, Raphael. Hello to the people. <laughs> And then on my left, they're sitting right next to me, live and in charge. I got my coworker, my homie from Jonesboro High School, Javetta. Say hey, Javetta. Hi. <laughs> oh, now she's gonna be all shy. <laughs> like we crack up at work every day, just clowning. Now she's gonna be all. Hey, everybody. <laughs> That's all right. We don't get it out to you because we got some juice going on. We got some cigars. And the silent man still working the boards, the ones and twos, you know, couldn't do the show without him. We got the NES Ness. He ain't gonna say nothing. Like I said, he's, he, he is muted this time, but he is still doing what he do, supporting is the, in the female. Building. So good shout out to the brother for, you know, supporting this sister. Amen, amen. So, um, I am on the Amandola dessert cigar. One of my favorites, as you guys all know, smell this one, Javetta. This thing is awesome. Yeah. Hazelnut. Yeah. Sorry, Ralph. No smell of vision. No smell of vision. No smell of vision. My bad. But um, this thing is awesome. Um, I've smoked this before on a previous, uh, couple of previous shows and just cannot get enough. So while I'm lighting this up, what you drinking on, Ralph? What you sipping? Well, I am sipping on a uh, Pinot from Barefoot Winery. Uh, comes in a box wine. I'm being, you know, kind of cheap. But uh, it's actually, you know what, for a very pedestrian box wine, everyday wine that you can just go grab and have with your spaghetti, this is actually very good. Okay, that's what's up. My, my husband said I can't have the bourbon until after five, so. But see, my argument to that is it's five o'clock somewhere. <laughs> so are we talking Eastern Standard Time? Are we talking right. Mountain Time? Are we past uh, the International Dateline? Where are we? Well, just been quarantined so long in the house, you lost track of time. Uh, well, yeah, I, may have, I may have to sneak down there because you know he's in his office. His office is right by the kitchen, so I'll have to be on the on the sly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> to do a diversion and then just grab the bottle and run. Just, just I ain't got no bourbon. I ain't got nothing. I, ain't got it. I don't know what you're doing. I don't know what you're talking about. What? Really? There you go. Oh, it's, it's just sweet tea. Just sweet tea. Why y'all tripping? This sweet tea. Mm. Yeah. 
All right, Miss Javetta, what you sipping on? Well, um, I'm going to make my nice little concoction. It doesn't have a name for it. We um, call it Javetta juice. Yeah. Dryer juice. Yeah. You know. Javetta oh, oh. sangria. I mean, yes. Yeah. It's, it's everybody has its own name for it, but it's a mixture of Chardonnay, peach vodka, and Arbor Mist, um peach flavor. And just mix it all up and it's heaven. Girl, and it'll get you there. Put some sparkling water in there. Oh. Maybe make it a spritzer. Oh, no, 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 no. And no. everybody will be doing it. Slam a lemon. See, the whole thing of it is, I like to say, this is pure alcohol. Mm, gotcha. <laughs> Drink at all your right. own risk. There you go. There you and go. it is the express train right. that will get you there. Absolutely. Because you're sipping on it, sipping on it, sipping on it. And you're like, oh, this is great. This is fabulous. I'm having just the best time. And then you stand up and you're like, dumb. Oh. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Listen. Well, I had a couple cocktails like that. Yeah. Whenever you come to Atlanta or when Nessa goes up to Detroit, we're going to have to spin something for you. Oh, yeah. Oh, all right. Then. I, yeah. I can take that. It's, it's, it's smooth and quick and straight to the point and mm-hmm. pure alcohol. Which we'll is what it. we love best. Alcohol. Alcohol mm-hmm. for all, y'all. Mm-hmm. Just saying. Just saying. Mm-hmm. All right, ladies. Well, let's get into it. We're kind of freestyle on this on this women's uh, show because, hey, you know, the motto of our show is, is we gonna smoke something? Check. I got the cigar. Mm-hmm. We gonna drink something? Mm-hmm. Check, check, check. check. And we're going to say whatever's on our mind. So our only rule is that we don't blatantly disrespect any ethnicity or or gender except for the Mussolini mango. <laughs> 45, as some people call it. Mango Mussolini. Uh, the, oh, the mango Mussolini, the, the Cheeto in the White Office, in the White House. Ah, the orange that I would like to crush, you know, <laughs> all bets are off when it comes to, to him. But every, everybody else, we get along, we love, no disrespect. So, with that being said, how are things going up there in Minneapolis as far as uh, the provisions and the great things that the government are doing, minus the federal government? Right. So, so right now, um, so... The governor has uh, basically made uh, grocery workers and sanitary workers and people like that um, uh, emergency or um, what is it? Um, Non-essential? No, essential workers so that, you know, they will be paid during this time. uh, And it gives them uh, health insurance right off the bat. So if they weren't insured before, because of hours or whatever, they are insured now. So, and I think it extends to their family as well. So if they get sick, they can go in, get tested, get treated, and it will not cost them anything. That's awesome. Because that was, yeah, that was the biggest, that was the biggest impediment of the uh, social distancing and, and people self-quarantining was the fact that, hey, you know, I've got to work. You know, a lot of people, about 80% of Americans cannot put their hands on 40, $400. Right. You cannot just roll up on it and say, okay, 
this is going to be 400 bucks. They can put their hands on and pay for it. Right. A lot. You know, most Americans you know, are, are working paycheck to paycheck. So a medical emergency such as a pandemic like this uh, will bankrupt people. Yep. So, um, so that takes that off the table for a lot of Minnesota workers. Uh, the schools have been open. Anybody who's 18 years or younger can go to any of the schools and they will have meals out there for you from 11 to 2 because a lot of the working class or working poor, the children get two meals at school and a lot of times that's the only two meals they get all day. So the burden of having them home, you know, families can't feed them. So you can go to any, and all of the uh, food shelters are open. You just come and get food. Uh, in fact, there's one restaurant, uh, 318. They are like, they know that a lot of the food and beverage people, people who work in food and beverage, are probably being laid off because every now you cannot eat in a restaurant. It has to be curb service. Exactly. That's what's so, going down here, too. Yeah. So they're like, look, if you are a food worker, you need something to eat, to feed yourself or feed your family, to show proof that you're where you work, we'll call us up, we'll have a meal for you. That's awesome. That's awesome. So there's been a lot of that. And there's also been a lot of people using Facebook to create their own neighborhood uh, Facebook pages. So people can keep in touch with other people in the neighborhood to see if they need anything. Um, if, you know, they need, they said, oh, man, I can't pay my bills today because, you know, because I'm not working. There are programs out there, places that you can call, but they will make arrangements so that you either get a loan or they'll talk to your boss or whatever. So uh, there's been a lot of that. So Minnesota is on top of it. Minnesota's on top of it. And the best thing about this whole thing is I get to work from home. So Mm -hmm. I haven't been dressed in like, I don't know, five days. I know. I went out a couple of times, but, you know, I've been in my bathrobe most of the day. I get up, get a shower, put my bathrobe back on. Man, (laughs) I'm I'm glad work from home don't have smell-o-vision because I think like Wednesday I was like, you know, quarantine day three. No shower. Having combed my hair, I think I'm smelling my armpits. I'm just, no. <laughs> I'm getting a little tangy. Because so. no. <laughs> you know, when you when you are working, it forces you to keep to a routine that you're worried about mm-hmm. around you. Yep. But when you're not, and it's just you. Exactly. Mm. I was like, well, I've got two others, so they'll tell me if I'm tangy. You know, oh, you see, I was like at home. Um, I think the the craziest thing has been, um, excuse me, we work, you know, with the deaf and hard of hearing, so we have to do a lot of video chat. So, um, you know, and our, our kids are new to this, you know, like adults are new to it, but at least, you know, but the kids are just like totally clueless. So when I go meet with one of my students, oh, she in the bed chilling. She bonnet. <laughs> you have your T-shirt. Got her pillows all propped up. Like, what's up? I'm like, oh no, ma'am. Mm-mm. No, no, no. We need you to get the girls locked and loaded. We need to take the bonnet off. You got to be semi-professional from the waist up, like for real. Yeah. Yeah. Like, now I was in my pajama pants, like absolutely no drawers, just you know, pajama pants, just chilling. 
but yeah, until I just yeah. announced it like right now. But, yeah. But you know, we only got like five hundred, nine thousand, eight hundred listeners. You know, it's just between us, y'all. It's just between us. No worries. No worries. Exactly. But what I did like is that that I didn't hear of, like you said, was the Facebook neighborhood groups. I think that is awesome. So people can reach out. Um, also saw a lot of Facebook concerts, a lot of artists, yeah. um, you know, from local all the way up to the big guys doing like streaming concerts in all genres, not just TV shows. Really? Late night shows, the late night shows. Yeah, late night shows, because I'm mm-hmm. I am so digging uh Trevor Noah, his uh what daily social distancing show. That's mm-hmm. what it's called now. So that has just been just been awesome. And, you know, since we're here in Georgia, um, well, I'm in, you know, we're in Decatur, uh, Ness is in Savannah. So we've been, you know, kind of similar thing. Everyone's been kind of keeping to themselves, only going out for when it's necessary. Um, But you can see at the grocery stores, you know, people are really taking it seriously. You see people with gloves on. You're seeing more people with masks on. You're seeing... um, you know, people like at the grocery stores, they have like kind of like at Planet Fitness, they got the bottle of disinfectant and the paper towels available so people can wipe down their carts, um, things like that. I think um, I've, I've read so many feel good stories and I'm not saying and I, I try to look at the positive to everything. And I think that when when we have crises like this, it really brings out the good in some people. I mean, don't get me wrong, you've always got your assholes that are hoarding a garage full of toilet paper and hand sanitizer. <laughs> um, but I think um, it allows the community to to really step up, step out, and 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 really, really come together. Cause like for me yesterday, you know, I was getting a little cabin feverish and went outside and my neighbors were out exercising. And I was like, you know what? I'm gonna join in. So we all exercised together, did a couple laps around the parking lot and had a great time. So got to know my neighbors a little bit. So that was a good thing, you know? So, you know, we're all of the same mindset. Like, you know, we cool, ain't nobody coughing. Not saying that we can't get it or nothing like that, but just, you know, getting out, enjoying some sun, kind of chilling and relaxing on everything. You know, and I feel like this is like, and you know, whichever religious belief you you are, for me, I feel like this is God's way of telling us, y'all are doing too much. Mm, Facts. And y'all, you know what, since y'all don't know how to stop and appreciate what's around you, and you are looking at material things as greater, you know what, let me stop. And I'm going to stop y'all right there. And y'all going to come back and ground yourselves so that you are appreciating things in your environment, such as your family, spending more family time. Yep. I was just um, speaking to another parent. I was in the hair salon. And um, she's, a, she's a teacher, but she's a parent um, in another district. And said that, you know, you have all these people lined up with Mercedes and Benz and all the fancy cars, mm-hmm. and but the, the schools still have to change because they don't ever pay attention to their children. Right. So it's like you're working hard to revive in this lifestyle, but you're missing out on the whole piece of having a family unit. And so, Absolutely. you know, that's just one occasion. I have a cousin who's a principal in a middle school. 
and you got kids sneaking alcohol, which is not a new thing. I mean, right. I've heard of it before. Let me just right. like that. Right. You know, when I was younger, whatever. But it's so many cases of it, of people, of kids sneaking alcohol out of their parents' stash and bringing it to school, and then the parents are oblivious to it. Yep. Uh-huh. Oh man, I used to do it in high school all the time. Girl, me and my best friend, the VNC Kamikaze. But but the thing of it is, when the parent came in, it was like, oh no, my child didn't do that. Ma'am, your child literally just sat here and said, as we all are sitting here, and mm-hmm. said, I got it from my parents' stash. Right, exactly. And you're just overlooking it. And for whatever reason, you are not connected enough with your child to understand that this could have been something my child did, and especially when you're telling me this. Right. So I think that this whole pandemic is really God's way of saying, hey, y'all have lost control. You have no sense of reality and no sense of what is really important in life. Right. And you all are so busy working, working, working that you're missing out on life. And you're missing out on your children's lives. Yeah. They're or just, just the environment and family and friends. Mm-hmm. Like, how many neighborhoods do people live in and you don't know the person's name next door, nor have you ever had a real conversation with them? Or you haven't even seen them. That's right. You know, because, uh, we're like you said, we're all working, 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 hustling, grinding, making ends meet, paycheck to paycheck. And you're right. It, it, it has slowed us down. And, you know, and I'm kind of appreciating the slow motion of it all right now. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, man, I can think. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, I can I can plan. Mm-hmm. I can get some things done, you know. Mm-hmm. But on the opposite side, working from home as educators, mm-hmm. we work more here at home than we did in the schools. But I think a lot yeah. of that, too, is, is the newness of it. Yep. Like, yeah. the kids are understanding, oh, I'm really in school oh i have to do work what hmm? exactly or um even the concept of okay we're not physically there with you so once again parents step up and start supporting your kids at home and if you don't know it because i was just talking to my friends and he was like uh my kid brought me fractions <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you know, you could have called me. I would have come help. She was like, I didn't even think about it. I told her, she was like, I'll figure it out myself, Dad. <laughs> she didn't figure it out. Google. Exactly. Yeah, so he said Google. he tried to Google it, and he couldn't figure it out to explain it to her. So, you know, I'll shout out. At least he tried. At least he's there. Yep. Because yep. at the end of the day, he is, um, they, they have a mom, they have a dad. They're not together. They're in separate households. And... He is, I won't say a single dad, but he is definitely the primary caregiver. Okay. Yeah. And that makes a difference. Mm -hmm. But I think um, this is an opportunity for people to really access resources because there is a lot of great online resources. You've got Khan Academy. You've got uh, edhelper.com. You've got XL. I mean, like for worksheets and explanations and YouTube is a, oh my God. Yes, YouTube. Yes, there's so much great content. Like, yeah, just to, you know, if you can't explain, (laughs) that's just a sound man just sent a picture. He's looking at a Facebook page. And the picture that he's showing us is when we were all at Omega. 
Omega Coney Island last year. Last oh year this my time. Goodness gracious. Yeah, because we were all in Detroit last year. Yep, that's right. So that's he, right. you know, Ness is doing his he's our he's our research guy. So AKA Stalker. Stalker. <laughs> well yeah, we all gotta have a hobby, right? You know, he he does and he's he's really committed to his hobby. That's what I love about Ness. You know, he ain't doing nothing half ass and he gonna stalk you. He gonna stalk you all the way. He gonna hide in the bushes. He gonna hang out under your window. You know, he got your license. <laughs> As he just flips me the bird. Oh my goodness. He know where you work. He know where your kids go to the doctor. He don't bullshit when it comes to stalking. That's right. You know, don't don't be a punk. Don't half ass stalk. Stalk all the damn way. Absolute <laughs> facts. That's what I'm talking about. Don't be a punk. <laughs> oh my goodness. You stalk from your heart, nigga, from your heart. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. The girl in this only drank one. This is only drink one. Oh yeah, it it does. Like oh, we start out so virtuous and with such great plans, and by the end of the show, it's sometimes virtuous plans, maybe. Yeah, really not virtuous, but it just always descends to like some circle in Dante's hell. And um, why should this show be any different? You know, <laughs> why at all? But um. I think what's been crazy is watching all the memes that have been coming out. Oh my God, I've seen some really funny ones. Uh, you know, I think, and I and I and I am guilty. I see something funny, I'm 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 sending it, I'm posting it, you know, because you you got to keep your humor in all of this. Like, right. I think our ability to laugh and have fun really, you know, not, not, don't get me wrong, not like just being out here willy nilly freestyle. But just, you know, while we've got this downtime, make the best of what we have in a situation. You know what I'm saying? And just to laugh. And, um, oh, uh, Javetta has a good one. Yeah, yeah, I sent that one. That's a good one. This is like my favorite. Yes, this one is, okay, teachers, well played. We'll give you raises and respect. And now just give us the antidote and take our kids back. (laughs) (laughs) And I sent this to one of my friends who I tutor her daughter. And I was, you know, I'm being funny because I love her. She's a great parent. Her children are great. But I sent it to her and I said, nope, we aren't ready yet. Exactly. <laughs> That's right. That's right. We, we, we need some more time. Get them. <laughs> we need to let it sink in for real, for real, though. Yeah, exactly. Because when it goes off, when this is over and, you, and I'm looking for my raise, you're going to be like, what? Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't remember saying anything like that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> But this is, I think, also another sign. You don't realize how hard teachers work and how much oh, I, yeah. of a pain and how much stress that is added on to teachers. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, and you, we work hard to plan lessons, to plan great lessons, mm-hmm. to keep kids involved mm-hmm. and, and give them rigor mm-hmm. and really give them life skills, mm-hmm. you know, and... You know, sometimes they just sitting up there looking like, what? Like, we're like, am I interrupting your day? Am I interrupting your Facebook scrolling? Like, what? 
you know, and, um, you know, not all parents, but some parents are like, oh, no, my baby didn't do that. Oh, no, you know your baby did it. And now you about to feel it because your baby at home with you all day. (laughs) So, um, yeah, so it's it's definitely going to be a lot of eye openings on so many levels. Or how about, oh, my baby is not struggling. That's you and your teacher. Mm-hmm. My baby doesn't know this because the way you told it. I mean, exactly. It's your chance. You it's... knock that out. Let me let me know. Exactly. And yeah. I hope... well, I think I think what happens is they think it you know, if their child is not learning, they think it is an insult to them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. It can't be possible that my child can't get this much. My child, I'm smart. My child needs to be smart. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And it's not a condemnation on them. It's like, look, the kid's not getting it. Okay. Exactly. We need to, we're not here to punish them or call them dumb or stupid or whatever. We're here to figure out what method works for this child. Absolutely. And I so that we can get them up to yes. speed. And you need this. You need to realize that, and that's a communication thing. It's like, look. Your child is not dumb. However, they're not getting this. And it's not because they're not dumb. It's because we're not teaching it in a way that, or they're not, get, they're not getting it the way it's being taught. So we need to figure out a way to teach it to them so that they get it. Right. And there, there's a real disconnect. Is it, is yeah. it something, it, you know, and it might not be, you know, something serious as a, a learning disability or something uh-huh. crazy. It might just be, you know, something as simple as glasses. It might be simple yep. as something as reposition the child in the room. Mm-hmm. You know, it could be something that's not really a big change, or it might be something like, oh, your child is dyslexic. Okay, cool. Now that we know that, now we can put things in place to give them support. Okay. They're struggling with reading. Why are they struggling with reading? Well, they missed some key points in elementary. Okay, now we know, now we can go back, you know, to a certain extent and and like and provide that support. But right. you know, but I think a lot of times on both sides of the fence that, you know, parents get in their feelings because like you said, they think it's a reflection of them as parents. And then uh-huh. teachers will get in their feelings. Because y'all trying to put this all on me like I ain't done my job. So right. I think that struggle, you know, this this gives it an opportunity to let everybody go to their neutral corners and let's see what the child really can or cannot do. And now we can right. proceed from there. Not only that, it's almost like you, whenever it goes back to that meme, the respect, you are not respecting my professional knowledge Right. Experience, guidance, and everything else that goes up under the sun. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, they're they're treating teachers like uh, glorified babysitters. But you know what? When I first came into education, there was a um, email that came out that said they should pay us as babysitters. Oh yeah, I remember that one. And it was ten dollars per kid times, you know, 35 kids. Per hour. Yeah, and it came up to like $100,000. Over $100,000. Right. I was like that. I sure will, baby. Absolutely. Mm. That's right. 
Absolutely. That's right. But yeah, I mean, I think this is, you know, education is going to be, I think, totally revamped after all of this because it's going to open up a lot of eyes and a lot of opportunities. You like that lighter, don't you? Yes. May, may, may I uh, digress for a Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Whatever on our mind. It's all about digression. She has a blowtorch. Oh, yeah. yeah, I noticed that. Well, for cigars, um, you know, you don't want to, one, you don't want to use like a regular lighter or matches because okay. of the sulfur and, and yeah. it kind of messes with the, uh, you don't want to taste the chemical on your cigar. So having, you know, the butane, the blowtorch, so to speak, you hold it higher up in the flame and you kind of toast it like a marshmallow. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Oh yeah, no, you gotta, you gotta get high up. You gotta get up there, you know. And then, yeah, you know, exactly, you toast it like a marshmallow. And you toast it, and then when you get all fancy and bougie, you know, you rotate a little bit and you take a little, little puffy puff, you know what I'm saying? And you know, you get all fancy with it, but absolutely. You know, showing off. Exactly. But now that we're on a smoke break, um, I am like two thirds into this cigar. And um, it's just the gift that keeps on giving, man. I'm this sad. I need one now. Girl. And the thing about these, um, they come out of North Carolina. Um, uh. Uh, Sweets gave me one uh, one time. No, I cigar taxed him. That's how I get down. Because, you know, when I do a live show with the guys, like, I just, you know, grab your stuff and like, Oh, that's not cigar tax, you know, beer tax, like whatever, you know, <laughs> I, yeah, I don't care. You know, that's probably going to change after all this stuff. Cause I don't know where they mouths is in now. So I'm just saying, now, yeah, I'm just saying, I'm just saying Corona's real. Um, but, uh, sweet tip me to these cause he had got them, um, on a road trip cause he travels a lot for his job out of North Carolina. And they are um, a small factory, family owned, and um, they're available online. But unfortunately, this this particular cigar online is only available by the box. And okay. so a box of 20, I think it is, it's like 225. So yeah, but they're hand rolled, they're excellent. Um, yeah, I mean, this is like my go-to absolute cream of the crop, Favorite. I'm not sick. If you want to try it. My roommate back in undergrad, he tried to get me to um, smoke a cigar, and it was not the concept that I knew. Oh yeah, yeah. Because if you're coming from cigarettes, you're used to you know taking it in and putting yeah, it in. Always. Um, yeah. Well, you know. Oh yeah. Well, I love the clothes. Oh, uh, cigarettes, yeah. yeah, or um, or BDs, the uh, Indian yes, cigarettes, yes, was just uh, yes. tobacco wrapped in tobacco, and that's it. Yeah, I was, into that. I was into yeah. BDs are still. BDs uh-huh. are nice because mm-hmm. it's like I don't want you know I want to enjoy the tobacco. I want to enjoy the flavor. I you know I like the little rush of nicotine as long as I don't mix it with caffeine because as you know we've learned in Previous life lessons, caffeine and nicotine, for me, is not a good combination. Because I was hammy from over the hedge. I was like, I could go run a mile and build a house at the same time. This is great. You know? <laughs> 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 yeah. 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 Yeah.
like bricks. We don't have bricks. I'll go make some bricks. Don't worry, I'll be back in five minutes. You know? Yeah. But um, but I like that. I don't want all the chemicals that the cigarette industry adds. You know, tobacco has been in our history as a people for you know thousands of years. You know, in different areas on the globe. So you can't tell me that you know it's bad. You know, I think that you know everything in moderation. Yeah, I would agree with that. Well, I mean, tobacco was ceremonial, mm-hmm. you know, back then. It wasn't even, you know, uh, the tribes and everything. They didn't smoke it recreationally like we do today, okay? Right. It wasn't bought and sold as a commodity. I mean, nicotine, the cigarette companies controlled the amount of nicotine that was in the cigarettes to exactly. keep you addicted. Okay, but back in the day, that's not that wasn't the case, and that's why you didn't have the cases of people dying of lung cancer and emphysema and the addiction problems that you have with cigarettes that you do now, because this wasn't some willy nilly thing that you got to do. You know, you can go down to the drugstore and buy a pack and start puffing. These were this tobacco was sacred. Right, exactly. And only certain, only during certain ceremonies, and certain people could smoke it. That kind of thing. It didn't. It didn't become a problem until it was commercialized. Right, exactly. And you know, that's the one thing that I love in that, like, when you see some of the the ancient pictures of people smoking, some, uh, you know, pipes and cigars. Mm-hmm. Like the cigars were like as big as your forearm. They had like little yeah. cigar stands. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I gotta hold my cigar up. Exactly. Like I can't hold this thing up. You know, I gotta have a stand. And like you said, more ceremonial, more of a time of celebration, um, to right. mark important events in life. And like I don't even mind the casualness of like smoking a cigar. If I'm with, you know, the ladies or if I'm with, you know, like my my wonderful co hosts and all those guys, like I am so cool with, you know, hey, let's 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 have a good one. But um, no, I don't need to smoke every day. For me, it's not something I have to do every day. Well, cigars are still cigars are still more celebratory because you, yeah, you're right. Nobody is going to puff on a big old stogie every day unless you've got other issues. But, uh, but that would be nice. Cigarettes has, has <laughs> a way of you know it took all of the mystique right. out of tobacco. And made it available to the common man. And then, you know, and all those cigarette people got in on it and said, oh, you know what? We can make money off of this. And we don't even have to do the good stuff. Like cigars are like, you know, they have the wrappings and they have the really good tobacco, the really good leaves and all that other stuff. You can make a cigarette out of all the crap that's on the ground. Pretty much. You know what I mean? So they're like, oh, we have hardly no overhead. Right. And we can control with chemicals, we can control the nicotine so we can get keep people addicted, do a little bit of advertising, make it cool, get in with Hollywood, because for a long time, everybody you know, in Hollywood, Hollywood there were yeah. cigarette commercials and there were cigarettes advertisements and magazines and all this stuff. I remember seeing a flashback of Fred and Wilma, the Flintstones, and Fred is lighting one up for Wilma as a as a commercial. In a commercial. Yep. They were using cartoons to market their to market their product. And I'm like, dang. So they made you still do make money hand over fist. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. And I think that's one of the things like we've talked about on the show is um, the new cigar legislation that is coming down. Like they're really trying to crack down and like, you know, say that, you know, ended the cigar industry markets to kids and they're like uh oh hell to sure, never did. Georgia has raised the um, age limit. Yeah they're talking about twenty one. And I'm like, you know, that's crap. Cigars have never like marketed to kids. And I mean I even remember growing up like you, you know, we're we're products of the seventies and eighties. That's when we came yeah. of age. And you know you always saw cigarette smoking, but the only person that I ever knew of about cigar was George Burns. You know what I'm saying? And he would, you know, and that man lived to be a hundred and probably some change and smoked his, probably died with a cigar in his mouth. You know what I'm saying? And that's the only figure I ever remember seeing smoking a cigar. Like you said, it was always held off for like the upper class. It was, it was considered a luxury item. Well, cost yep. is a luxury. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Yeah, you can go absolutely. buy a pack of cigarettes or whatever for five, six dollars, depending on where you live. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, back in the day, heck, you could get a pack for two bucks. Mm-hmm. You know, and you know, it wasn't until recently that they've become very expensive. I mean, you know, uh, my husband used to smoke, and he, I think, he quit when they came three dollars or four dollars. He was like, "Yeah, that's crazy." Exactly. And God bless him. He just like, yep, smoke my last pack. I ain't smoking anymore. He just dropped him. Right. I was like, damn. <laughs> my dad That's real. When he was younger, what? before he had like kids that was married, and he said he was in his car, and the ash, like when he went to the ash out the window, and, the, and it came back on him, and it burned a hole in his clothes. He was done. He was uh-huh. done. <laughs>
but you got a couple too many legs and a different species. Like, yeah, yeah, you know, I, I, I believe it or not, I do have standards. I know it, it is hard to believe, but I do. You know, no animals or children. I believe it. Thank you. I believe it. Yeah, you know, it, we, we got to draw the line. We got to draw the line somewhere. because, um, you know, California and New York have laws on the books. And I, I I agree with you, Ralph, like, why? But clearly this legislation was necessary in the sense of, like, people getting discriminated. You know Graziano, and um, oh, yeah. Graziano yeah, yeah, is a yeah. friend of ours um, in Michigan. She's an African-American interior designer that owns her own firm. So when you're walking in there and you're working with, uh, people that are building buildings. Now, we're not talking about a house. You're building, you know, buildings in the city. You're building offices, you know. Yeah, she's doing commercial stuff. Right. And, and you know, the people that, unfortunately, that, that make those types of moves, are most of them are not people of color and have very closed minds about what, the African-American experience is or a person of color experiences is. So you've got your preconceived notion of what we should look like that makes Mm -hmm. you comfortable. And the sister that drew up the legislation was saying that, you know, 
that my hair is an extension of who I am. So to discriminate against my hair is de facto discrimination against me. Yeah. And that this needs to be clear because y'all think this is not. And and that, yeah, like on, on the side, I see like, man, we got to we got to go through this. Y'all still ain't learned learn nothing. This 2020, your vision still blurry. But on the other side of that is like, yes, now let let it be understood and let it be legally that you understand that that is wrong. You know what I'm saying? No, I agree with the legislation. Right. I'm just saying that it is a shame that it has to be there. Exactly. I mean, why, what do you, why do you care what texture my hair is? Okay? It, I blame Hollywood. Yeah. I blame Hollywood because Hollywood is the lens that a lot of people look through, especially when it comes to race. And so what do you see? If you see somebody in Hollywood, if you, in, in a movie or whatever, had dreadlocks or whatever, he's a thug. Yeah. Okay. He, or she is a radical or they're this. But if they have the straight hair or they try to present themselves in a more mainstream, mainstream because I don't want to say white because that's not true. It's more mainstream, something that's more comfortable for them. Right. Then you know that's the person that's the one that gets ahead, not you know. See what I'm saying? Exactly. So that is what mainstream America looks like. So if you come in, even if you were in a three piece suit, whatever, and your dreads are on point, your locks are on point, and they're all you know they're done and everything, and you got them. You know the, the minute they see it is oh, there's a you know. You know, he's a radical. He's a, or she's a radical. Or, you know, she does not, she makes me uncomfortable because they are comfortable with their own hair, with their own style. Oh, yeah. Okay. I think the only See. thing to me is just keep it neat. Right. Just be neat. Exactly. Whatever right. It is. But even then, even then, if you keep it neat, even, what does that mean? I tell you what, I get up in the morning, I go in, I take my shower. And um, I put my stuff in my hair. Right. I just exactly. Is that neat? Yeah. Is this neat? I think so. But here's but I here's think so. Neat. But I didn't. You know. I didn't no, neat, neat to me is like let's say a person with dreads. Sometimes it'll start matting, and then they turn from dreads. Or, right. Let me not say dread, no. Locks. locks. I, I remember that locks. episode. Yes. So don't say dreads. No, dreads is dreads. But is when bad. when they have locks and then it starts to mat, or is they it? try to lock it, and then they turn into shit locks. Ah, uh, you get what I'm uh, saying? Like that. Yeah. Or you do more of the pure, more of the Rasta method, where you're just That's like, okay, I'm gonna, say, I'm gonna just Rasta. let it go willy nilly freestyle, and the way it it forms and it shapes. That's the way it is compared to people that have their locks groomed to grow and to fall a certain way. Exactly. Right. You know, right. the groomness. So, like, when you when you know that you haven't gotten them twisted in three, four months, and then now you've got, you know, a you good got a little, two or three inches you got a little bit of new growth, edge. let's get that back up. 
That's right. But is that any different from the, the bleach blonde person that lets it grow out a couple of inches? You know what I'm saying? And now right. I see your roots. You know what I'm saying? Because I used to work at the United Center. And um, kind of and kind of not. Yeah. I, I, I get what you're saying. But then at the same time, that's like a color. So color can be artistic. Right. You get what I'm saying? Uh, yeah. Versus, yeah. Yeah, than just, just a texture. Right. And I so, get what like, you're saying. If we were to flip the, the, the coin, you know, and, and give a perspective, um, if if I see another come in and you got some damage to your head and your stuff is just all over your head and it's not combed. Right, exactly. That, you right. Your bed head. Or or you haven't washed it in a couple of days. And it's and greasy. then it's like greasy and matty and, and you look like you've been in quarantine like we have and haven't done anything. Right. You know, then that, it's a problem. That's a problem. That's a problem. Yeah. Right. Okay. And then I think there is a fine line between kept and unkept mm. hair of any texture. Mm. Of, of yeah, any I agree style. That. I agree but working at the United Center, one of their things was you cannot have un, an unnatural hair color in your head. And so they were, you know, okay. saying that Black people couldn't dye their hair blonde. And I was like, um, hold up, because uh, I know all these white girls right here, and I'm sorry, I'm going to say it. They they, they carpet and they uh, curtains don't match. Right, that's right. You know that's what right. I'm saying? And so, oh, and the other side of that is there are African Americans and other people of color with naturally blonde hair. You know, case I was in, just going to say that. Yep. Case in point, my, a friend of mine from Chicago, he has two daughters. And one daughter looks just like him. His other daughter, natural blonde hair and blue eyes. And, and she just as brown as you and me. So to, to, to say such a blanket statement of that, one, shows that you're an idiot. Two, that you are out of touch. And like, like you said, you cannot like legally tell people what they can or cannot do with their hair. And then the other thing that I hate personally, because, you know, rocking the fro and, you know, then people feel like they want to just come up and touch you. And, oh, oh see, gosh. that's funny because nobody's ever wanted to do that to me. Maybe I got that resting bitch look. I don't know. Yeah, you have a like, resting bitch face. Love you and the Lord and all. Woo, woo. But, yeah. See, oh, okay, so, you know. It runs in the family, though. It runs in the family. Nobody has come up to me. No strange white person or anybody else has come up to me and say, "Oh, I can I touch your hair or try to touch it on the on the down low." No, okay. I have. I have. <laughs> exactly, I have too. I have too, and I've been like, and you know, I had to get a matrix on them and be like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, whoa!" Personal, personal space. Oh my god, I didn't mean anything. No, no, no. But the fact that you feel so comfortable and like in your position of you in the in the fake position of authority and perspective that you have that you can just walk up to anybody and just start touching them like right. personal face like for real yeah, you know yeah see i never never had to do that never had to do that even when i was pregnant i had a friend of mine uh tina she uh she was pregnant and this woman this older woman came up to her and now she's half Vietnamese mm-hmm. and um, this woman came up to her started talking to her touching her belly and doing all this other stuff and then when she finally left her husband who was British came up to her and said who is that woman and Tina's like I have no idea 
I had no idea who that woman was. See, nobody ever did that to me. Nobody ever rolled up to me and said, oh, you know, that you're gay, Peter. So, you know, maybe Richie, you know, resting Gucci face. Uh, but yeah. right. but it's, it's just, you know, I, 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 never underst- I never understood that. But it's, you know? but it's that, it's, to me, I feel like it's that, that de facto kind of uh, white privilege kind of thing. That, you know, yes. it's just the assumption that I can, you know, do what I want, say what I want. And I have this this invisible shield of of of, of the white privilege that makes it OK. And and I think that it's great. And in, in, in this time and age where people are like, um, no, mm-hmm. like, no, I'm going to need you to put that in check. That's not appropriate for you to touch anybody that way. But especially me, like exactly. we're we're not playing that. This 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 you know you know I, this ain't your mama's this ain't your mama's revolution. We not we not hold locking arm in arm singing we shall overcome. No, you finna get the clap back. Yeah, you finna get the clap back. Immediate teachable moment where you're gonna learn in this moment that this is not acceptable. Mm-hmm. And how you want to take it and process it, I don't care. But this is what you're not doing. Right. You exactly. know, I'm no longer apologizing for who I am as a person, who I am as a female. You know, I'm, I'm not apologizing to make you feel more comfortable. Right. You know, and that comes across in so many ways. And that's what I love about um, young people now, like young people now with um, body image. Oh, they don't give up. Listen, Fuck. all the confidence. Yes. I mean, you coming out with two, three rolls, you got bikinis for all your titties. You coming out. <laughs> I can say that I admire that. Exactly. I respect that. Like, you coming out in your two-piece, you got your belly. I don't even know if you got bottoms on because your belly is just out there. But if you're proud enough and you have enough self-image about you to rock it, who am I to say something like, yeah, I'm going to be real, you know, because I am a middle-aged person. A part of me is like, I'll whoop your ass. You out here. Out here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want to see all your business, but the fact that you feel so confident in yourself that you like, I don't give a fuck what you think about me. I want to mm-hmm. wear this and I'm going to. So yeah. like for that part, so like I, I'm, 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 I'm on the fence. Like, you know, if I had nuts, they would be hurting because I'm kind of <laughs> on the fence. Because I see both sides of it. Because, you know, yes. we grew up, we knew what it was like to not see us in, in, in places uh-huh. of beauty. We knew what it was like to not have makeup to match our skin complexion. Right. You know, come on. You know, and, and growing up, you know, I had a lot of white girlfriends growing up. And they'd be like, you know how we all want to do, oh, let's put on makeup, let's do on this. And you trying to give me your foundation. And I'm looking at you like, really? Like, yeah. Really? Like, this is not going to match by any shape, form, or stretch. I'll never forget. Um, you remember Carly? Remember the Wellmans from across the street, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And their granddaughter, Carly. Okay. And we were the same age, and we would play together. Well, one day, I'll never forget, you know, we was playing in makeup, and she talcum powdered me all up, and I talcum powdered her all up. And, you know, talcum powder on her, it didn't matter at all. But me... I'm looking like little Sambo up in this bitch. And I go home 
And mama was like, mama looked at me and she's like, oh my gosh, she just tried to make you white. And I was just, wow. You know, I always get the stuff. Mama always threw the gut punches at me. Love you, mama. No, no shade. But mama always threw the gut punches with me. You know what? I think she probably would have said that to me if I came home with like that. I was about to say, she probably would have said that to anybody. Really? Yeah, I think so. But you know, mom, she was always like, I have two daughters and an African. Like, that was... (laughs) (laughs) Yes, she did, man. Yes, she did. Wait, why? Okay, because like, okay, like my sister's graduated in 85. I graduated in 89. So, like, 89, that was, like, the full hip-hop revolution. Everybody had their medallions. And, you know, at 15, I, like, really embraced that movement. You know, I was at the Shrine of the Black Madonna in Detroit. You know, I was X-Clan. I was blackity, blackity, black, black, black. And my sisters didn't do that. Not to say that y'all weren't in touch, but, you know, that shit. It was a different deal. Exactly. In, in, in that three and four years that my sisters, uh, in, in the separation of us, the mindset was totally different. And so my mom was like, you know, because you know me, Ralph, back in the day, I was spitting all the black facts. Like, I was like, yes. X-Clan for yes. real, though. And, you know, and like, my mom was like, your mom's traditional Catholic <laughs> woman, prim, proper, perm hair, you know, you never believe she got locked down to her ass. That's me now, and, and you're welcome, mother. Yes. And you're welcome. <laughs> but um, yeah, this is gonna be the emotional vomit show. That's what this is turning oh, into. I, okay. I, I want to hear stuff I ain't heard before. I know, yeah. my girl. We have to get it all out tonight. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, she admits she has said that one time. Literally, like this is like a direct quote. She's like, "I have two daughters and an African," and I was like, <laughs> at first, I was like. Yeah, then it's, and then like the back end of that thought was like, what? Like, <laughs> you know what though? I what does that mean? Exactly. You can see that though with parents, like when they yeah. have children, especially when there's an age gap, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. to see the difference of a child, just in general, the different personalities of your children. Exactly. Because my right. brother and I are totally different. Like my brother is four years older than me. Okay. And he, even then, he's the one who needs to be coddled. And oh, what was whoa? Oh, let's help him know. But then here comes me, and I'm like, hey, everywhere. And <laughs> my mom's like, woo. She got it. Yeah. Like, if they it. had yep. the first, they probably wouldn't have had the second one, even though we both were surprised. So, <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that Catholic background. I was just oh, no, no, no. My no, you were the, you're the honeymoon baby. I'm the honeymoon baby. You're well, that's what they like to think, but I like, I'm like, yeah, yeah. I, I'm born to the day yep. of their marriage. Oh, wow. My mom and dad were, born, were married on June 11th. I was born March 11th. Exactly. Wow. Exactly. You know what, though? I, I'm not shocked because my parents were married August 22nd. My brother was born September 22nd, and I was born December 22nd. Exactly. Uh, so exactly. We, have, we have that same common commonality. Yep. Yeah. Yep. See, so I think, you know, uh, you know, I think I was, you know, I showed up. They were messing around. Like, let's, let's call it spade, spade. Right. You know, and it just, it just happened that I snuck in under the wire. So nobody knew. So it's like, oh, okay. It was in the realm of possibilities that I was in. 
honeymoon baby. <laughs> All right. So let mama then, tell her she ain't give it up to the wedding night. Yeah, well. Let her tell mm-hmm. it. That, that's no, our story. Numbers don't lie. That's our yeah, story, yeah. and we're sticking and to stick it. To it. Mm-hmm. And then Lanny shows up on the scene ten months later. Mm. Well, to be fair, to be fair, she would have been a she would have been born on or around my birthday in '68. Yeah, but she was three months early. Yeah, she was. She was early. Mom had to move the couch, and she couldn't wait, so she showed up a little early. Uh, and then they decided to wait a little bit, and then, and then I came along in '71. Right. So, so I was uh, the last ditch effort for the boy. boy. I was the last ditch effort because I feel like I should have, you know, let them tell it. I was I was supposed to be Victor, not Vanessa. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you, my parents couldn't have kids. They they were told oh. they couldn't have kids. She she had a couple of uh, miscarriages. And they're like, now you're never going to get pregnant. And then seven years later, uh, pops my brother. But you know what? What I've heard with, you know, a lot of things with women, like sometimes women, you know, especially like if they've had, um, uh, they're trying to get pregnant later in life, that there will be like a couple of trial runs, like no, in no disrespect, but just, you know, the body adjusting and okay, oh, we're really doing this. Okay, okay. The last couple of times I was like, psych. But no, now we're really doing this. So, because I've had a girlfriend, you know, three miscarriages. And then, but the, the next two, oh, they stuck. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah.
Absolutely. Like, I, it kills me. Like, okay, like, you, we all know as women, you know, the habits that pregnancy can wreak on your body because, like, literally, it's okay. I don't know. It's, it's, it's great. Look, it's pregnancy great. is real. When you are trying to make another human, yeah, like, it don't give a fuck. Like, I'm going to just yeah. be real. Poor Ness, he's, like, sitting here like, I didn't want to hear this. I'ma just work the horse. I'ma just work the horse. Because he's got a young family, so you know I had to just you know wake you up a little bit. Nest, that's for you. That's for you, bro. But um, <laughs> as women, we all know what pregnancy can do because you know you don't feel like your body is yours because you know that little life is gonna take whatever it needs to survive. So if you right. aren't giving it the, the proper nutrition, it will leach it from you. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, facts. Like, if oh, you're yeah, not facts. getting enough calcium, oh, give up them teeth, bitch, because them about to go. <laughs> them about yep. to go. Yep. What? I'm not getting enough? Oh, you about to be skinty and with a belly because I'm taking everything I need to survive. Like, uh-huh. like Darwin's survival of the fittest is real. So, like, afterwards, you know, you know, the, the stretch marks, the mood swings, the all of that. So, you know, I, I give you five years, five, five years to get your, get your body back. Because, you know, afterwards, you're just like, okay, new body, got to adjust. Like, yeah, the titties used to be all nice and perky. Now they got a little, little pendulum swing to them. Okay, all right, I can deal with that. You know, I'm, I'm stretch marked up. Like, I'm a zebra from, like, my belly to my thighs because, you know, I grew like four sizes in like three months. And, you know, I didn't have that wisdom of like, yeah, keep your body lotion so you don't get stretch marks. You know, well, <laughs> stretch marks is hereditary. But mama don't got none. Mama don't got mm-hmm. none. I'm I a, shit, man, I'm a zebra. I you see my belly? Like, I am a zebra. <laughs> like, and I mean, for like, for years, I just, you know, was like, you know, like, oh my gosh, I, you you feel like you're the only one. And even yeah. though, you know, I stayed fit because I was a swimmer, but I would never feel comfortable wearing a two-piece because my stretch marks are on my belly. I look, you know, like, it's like a sun that radiates out from my navel, you know? That's cool. Take a bathe. Exactly. And you know what? Forget y'all. I had two kids. Exactly. And look better than most people. Hollywood. I mean, Hollywood. Exactly. Like, I never... they will tell you, oh, um, you had a baby? Fine. You know, you have, I don't know, six months to get back your body. body. Right. And these are all the exercises you need to do. Because being post-baby, your body the way it is after you had a child is not acceptable. Got to get back to where you were. Exactly. Or else, or you were unattractive. You got to get back to where you were. Look at all these women. They, all these actresses, they got back to where they were. Well, you know what? That's their job. Yeah. And they had personal trainers and fucking cooks. They got money. Yeah. They have nutritionists. They have personal trainers. It's their the way they look and how they are perceived by the public is part of their job. Okay. So to hold yourself. To that, to that status is unrealistic, and uh, one unrealistic. Two, you didn't want it. Mm-hmm. 
That's true. Exactly. You don't need to do all of that. And, so, but it takes money to just get to you where that. you want to be. Exactly. And and now I'm just like, hey, you know, I I'm not happy with the size that I am. No, just no, for for me, per- me, for me, but for me personally, like yeah, because yeah. you know I've got that closet full of of tens and twelves, and now I'm rocking you know the fourteen sixteens, and I'm just like the fuck, like yeah. you know. So like my my journey now is for myself. It's not mm-hmm. to try to fit into like you said that Hollywood standard of beauty because. All them chicks is skinny with tits. And it's like, no, I love my curves. I'm proud of my curves. I'm proud of my tiger stretch marks. Because, you know, hey, I got my stripes. But can we give it up to Hollywood that they are becoming more embracing of the curves? Absolutely. That's true. That is fact. And that's all part of the curve. Yep. They are like, these women are now speaking out because, you know, it's DNA. You know, you are going to have a certain body type based on your DNA. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have that DNA, you're not going to get there. So what we need in Hollywood, you're right, is getting really good at, like, look, embrace yourself. Embrace your curves. Uh, know, what was it? One of the awards shows, one of the uh, uh, interviewers saying, well, was talking to a female actress whose name escapes me, and I wish I could remember because she had a really good comeback for it. They were asking her how she balances her family life and her career life, and she said, are you asking this of the male actors too? Mm-hmm. And the lady in the interviewer said, yes, I am. She said, good, because I want to make sure, because it's not all about the women actresses balancing their career life and their family life. It's also, it's also about the men uh, balancing their career as well they're in this too so yeah so yeah hollywood is making a turnaround for sure and and i i totally support that and agree with that i love that you know now we're seeing more full-figured models now um there's a facebook um uh ad i think it's for uh me undies or some underwear uh Uh advertisement that's been on on facebook and I mean, you see this sister, she is gorgeous. She's got the big, gorgeous afro. She's full-figured. Her her skin is not even, and I'm not saying it like, ooh, your skin is not even, but the fact that, you know, they're willing to put you in a major ad, like 20 years ago, that would be unfucking heard of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, that would be totally unfucking heard of. And, um, you know, that's great. So I am like hats off uh, to everyone and um, it's really great. And this has been like the best women's show ever. So um, I am so thankful and appreciative of my guests, my sister, my firstborn, my oldest sister, um, really has influenced me more ways than I, I can I could admit as a younger person but now as a woman I can like I've always looked up to my big sister like you know when she got married I was like oh I want a marriage like those like them and you know so like no for real man like fucking real um thank you Veta my co-worker fast becoming my friend like for real though for real though like yeah she's like one of the first cool people that I met moving up here 
So like, it has been so great. And um, shout out to the sound man, Ness on the one and twos, had to endure all the women conversation and just be silent and giggle. Take your head, girl, take your head, down that shit. Down that shit, down that shit. All that shit, all the way, all the way. So I want to thank all our listeners for for this show, for the women's show. And I think what we're going to do now, I think what is probably because I see Ness, he's got the creative juices flowing. Like we might do a women's show like every month. And if he ain't doing oh, it, I gave you the thought right now, bro. Like Ooh. for real though, you know, like. We call it. But I think I think the man period. Man That's true. I, I the men show was great. We should absolutely. I like it, and we'll call it the period. I like that. We'll call it the period. Absolutely. This is like the butt. everybody for listening for tuning in and as always on the smoke one podcast we're gonna smoke something we're gonna drink something and we are gonna say whatever is on our mind yes we are out thank you listeners